The Sunday school lesson this morning, need of a heart transplant. The need of a heart transplant. Amen. There's one thing that we got to do before we see God, and that's to get our heart right. If we don't get our heart right, ain't no point in us looking for to see him. Because it ain't going to work when we sin. Amen. As a believer, we can ask God for many things without knowing for certain that it is his will. We may ask to provide financial blessings, but it may be his will that we do not get it due to the fact that we might not know what to do with it. Sometimes we ask God for things that God has, has no intentions on giving us. And you ask why? Well, because he know our heart. Amen. We sometimes ask God for our physical healing. But it may be his will that we walk through trials of sickness that God may get the glory. All sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God will be revealed. Sometimes our sickness may even take us to the end of death. But the thing I like about that is the fact that if we die in God, we shall live with God. We may ask to avoid hardship, persecution, or failure. And again, it may be his will to use these things to change our character into his likeness. There's got to be a change about us in order for us to live a victorious life. Come on now. Sometimes he have to work on our character because our character may be hidden behind the, 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 the ammunition of anger and it don't come out until somebody triggers that anger and then that old character begins to come back up. And God got to get it out of us in order for us to go where he is. It's that hidden man. Amen. It is God's will that man stand above all creation. Man must develop a heart to follow after God. For, for man to be with God, he got to develop a heart to be like God. Amen. He must have this change of heart. Oh, y'all know we had some tough hearts. Huh? You do it to me, I'm going to do it to you twice. Huh? We had some tough hearts, didn't we? One time wasn't enough, was it, Lamont? You gotta, I got to get you double. <laughs> so, when we examine what the Bible says, that Enoch was a man that walked with God. Enoch was a man that walked with God to the point that he was not found. But God, because God took him, he had fellowship with God that pleased God. He had fellowship with God that pleased him to the point 
that God took in a home with him. Symbolizing the day of the rapture that is to come. Lord have mercy. We didn't think about God was symbolizing the rapture way back in the book of Genesis. Amen. That it symbolized the rapture that we are to be partakers of if our hearts is right with God. It was written for our ammunition to know how to leave and to live with God. Our hearts must be changed. If God don't like what he see about you and I without making a change, we will not live in his presence. And our ultimate goal is to live in the presence of God. If there's any other reason, then we got our priorities wrong. And uh, guess what? Our living is in vain. A discerning heart. Discerning means to distinguish between or to separate by sifting, which makes sense. As well as distinguishing the good from the bad and sifting out the gems or the genes or the gems from the junk. Huh? God is sifting out what is good versus what is bad. In a very real way, the longer we remain in the world, the more likely the eyes of our hearts will adjust to the darkness. Come on, somebody. And, and more quickly than we realize and have us thinking we are walking in the light. Have you thinking that you walk? Don't you know it's a lot of folks out there thinking that they're walking with God but walking in darkness? Amen. They are thinking that God is satisfied with the 35% of living for him. Come on, good God Almighty. And leaving the 65% to the devil. Now who's fooling who? Amen. Don't forget our hearts are easily to be deceived. We must ask God to give us a discernment between good and evil and light and darkness. And we got to adjust to the darkness that we watch all the time. We got to adjust ourselves to the TV we watch. We got to adjust ourselves to the movies that we watch. Bad language that we uh, 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 go along with. Huh? The graphness of violence and, and sexual uh, humor that we are laughing and, and, and laugh about. And, and that means that you accept it. Have our hearts quick to discern between good and evil. Or have it grown used to walking in darkness. Where is your heart at? Where's your what your heart is, is, is catering to? Amen. I like what Jeremiah said. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Don't you put no trust in your natural self? Huh? 
and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But I'm here to tell you God can. I'm here to tell you God do know your heart. It's exceedingly perverse and corrupt and morally sick. Who can understand it? Lord, have mercy. If it had not been for God on our side, we still would be corrupt and morally sick with a deceiving heart, ready to deceive anybody to get what we want. I know that's right. Your heart works in deception. The Lord, wait a minute. The Lord searches the heart. He tries the rain. He tries you. In other words, you know what he said? You can't fool me. I try everything about you. I try the most important thing about you, and that's your heart. I put your heart to test. Come on, somebody. Then he said he tries to reign. Even every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. You may say one thing, you better watch what you do though. Your mouth speaks great words, but what is your actions? What is it that you show God? What is it that God see about you? What is the part of your heart that God see that you haven't given him? Uh, because he looks at a man according to a man's ways. He don't look at you because you get here every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night and every prayer night. But he look at you according to what you do. God knows what's in the heart of your mind and what sin drives you. My God, you know, Sunday school and morning worship and Wednesday night might be our drive on them days, but what drives you on them other days? What drives you Monday through Saturday? Come on, somebody. Psalms 84 and 10 says, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in tents of the wickedness. Lord, have mercy. Row it, row I'd rather be standing on that door there. Huh? Inviting everybody in. Amen. Than to have a high seat out there with the wickedness. Come on, somebody. Because my reward is greater at that door of the house of the Lord than any door that you know of, even at your own house. Come on, somebody. You might not look at it as being some upscale position, but in the house of God, David said, Lord, if you just let me be a doorkeeper, because guess what? I'm trying to get the glory. And when I get the glory, God, if that position is still open, I'll be a doorkeeper in heaven. Come on, somebody. Just let me be with you, God. Huh? 
Let me be able to be warned in walking down the streets of gold. Let me stand at the, at the pearl gate, the gate that is a pearl and, and, and a stone. Let me be the one to stand by that door, God. Huh? Then, James, I know I made it in. Come on, somebody. So if you're going to be a doorkeeper in the house of God, be the best doorkeeper you can be. My God, my God. Whatever you do for God, do it at your best. Huh? Come on, somebody. If you if you're gonna run a weed either for God, make sure you try to run the straightest line you can run. Come on, somebody. Because your work is not unto man, but your work is unto the Lord. First Chronicle 28 and 9 said, and, 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 and the Lord told Solomon, said, Oh thou, Solomon my son, know thou that God of thy father and search him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches, somebody said all hearts. He searches all hearts, not some, Come on, somebody. So don't you be looking at somebody else talking about how bad they hard is. God searching yours too. He searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of your thoughts. Good God Almighty. God even knows the thoughts that you don't even say, but he knows they're there. Huh? Uh-uh. He also know how you feel about folks. You might not say, but God know the imagination of your thoughts. And he also said, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. So are you searching? God ain't turned nobody back. They're searching for him. Come on now. God has not overlooked Nobody. But everybody is overlooking God. Come on, somebody. Everybody's heart is running after their own instead of running after God. They're running after their own game. And then they lie and say they're running for God. I did it for the Lord. No, you did it for yourself. Uh-huh. He said, if you were cert- if you were seeking me, you would find me. Yeah. You know what God said? I'm not hiding from nobody. Huh? If you're seeking me, you'll find me. But you gotta seek me with your whole heart. You can't have hazardless seek after me. Come on. Come on now. God God is saying, I'm not the genie in the ball. You don't just rub me and I show up. You show me and then I show up. Come on, somebody. He said, for if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off. You know what God said? If you don't want me, I don't want you. Why are we always trying to give folks to God that don't want God? God said, if you forsake me, I cast you away. Amen. 
But you be saying, oh, no, Lord, no, that's my cousin, that's my auntie, that's my mother, that's my brother. But if your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your nephew, your cousin, your lover don't want God, God don't want them. Come on, somebody. All the way down to your children. Come on now. One thing you need to keep in mind, God ain't shot in heaven. There's plenty of angels up there worshiping him. He said thousands and thousands and ten thousand. Good God Almighty. Huh? You just better make sure you still got a seat up there waiting on you. You, you got to make sure your reservation is, is, is sure. Come on, somebody. Amen. He searches every heart. If, see, if you really love him enough to follow him. God analyzes or detail examine your mind and the intent of your heart. He detail examine you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He's very meticulous when God goes and do anything. So when he searches you, he searches every corner. Huh? He searches every spot about your heart. Amen. He searches that. Is there anything in your heart that needs to be removed so that you can come into the presence of God? God searches everything about you. And then, guess what? He sends you a notification. He sends you a notification and lets you know what's in your heart that's got to come out. <laughs> and he don't do it because of any spite. He don't do it because he's trying to show you up. He's he doing it because he want to save you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he examines you. Yeah. And not only that, then he tells you, he sends you a notification to tell you examine yourself. See, then you see what I see. Amen. He knows all about you without asking any questions. God don't have to ask no questions. He don't have to go and ask my daughter what about the heart of her daddy. He already know it. Just like he know yours. Come on, somebody. Ah. Shouting and Praising God is good. But if your heart is wicked, clean it first because that's the only way it's accepted. Huh? God do not accept contaminated praises. Huh? Just like you don't accept contamination. Why do you think God won't accept it? Amen. James, he don't have to ask me anything about you. He already know about you. Amen. We seem to forget that God makes everything about us but the sin that we live in. He didn't create that. <laughs> There's another lover of yours that created that. And the creator knows the center of your emotions and your character. You know what I found out about God? It don't make no difference where you go God see it. You can go to another state and think don't nobody know about it but you. 
But baby, I'm here to tell you, God was right there when you done it. And he kept a record of what you did. Come on, somebody. And the only way we're going to get out of it is to take it to God and repent. Come on now. In the corner. In the dark. Behind the door. With the lights out. The all-seeing eye God still saw it. Amen. First John chapter 1 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, he said we're a liar. He said we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son. Cleanse us from all sin. We got to have fellowship with one another. As we have fellowship with God. For our sins to be clean. Yeah. Oh Lord have mercy. You mean to tell me. That we can call ourselves walking with God. And then can't stand one another. You still got a ton of sins in your book. You still walking around here with baggage. Come on now. And in order for us to get it cleansed. Oh my God. You got to take all that dirty laundry. All that dirty stuff. And put it in the washer of God. So that he can put the blood of Jesus in now. And wash you clean as snow. Yes, yes. Don't lie to God because he already know you. Confess and keep up your fellowship with him. Verse 8 said. If we say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. You ain't doing nothing lying to you. You ain't lying to God. Because he already know the sin that you're in. Come on somebody. Even how small you may think it is. He still know it. Amen. And he said. You deceive yourself. And the truth is not in us. But. The key to our. Uh, being. Re our redemption. And the key to us making it through here. He said. If we confess our sin. Ain't no point you hiding it. You can't, hide, you can't hide it from God. Ain't nothing you ever did you hid from God. Nothing. You better thank him for grace and mercy. James, he saw us and he said, I still got some work to do on him. Huh? I still can savage him. Huh? You got to go back to the fig tree. When the fig tree didn't produce no figs. And he saw the fig tree and they got ready to hew it down. And God said, he said, don't hew it down, but dig around it. Fertilize it. Give it another chance. And see what it produces some fruits next season. And then if it don't produce nothing next season, then you can cut it down and throw it in the fire. Don't take the chances of God, the chances that God give us for granted when he tried to dig around us and fertilize us and give us another chance to make it in, to live. Guess what? Take full advantage of what God's given you out of his grace and mercy. Amen. 
I know that nobody wants to be looked at as some bad person or someone that's identified by their past. But guess what? I understand. But don't be over-concerned about it. You got to make sure that your present and your future is viewed by God. When God has washed you, don't be identified by your past, but be identified by your present. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Jane, they might say what me and you used to do. <laughs> but you can stand up boldly and say, yeah, I sure did, but I don't do it no more. What about you? Come on, somebody. The thing that I used to do, I don't do no more. Because I had sense enough to know I was going down the wrong road. And since God forgave me for the road I was traveling, guess what? I don't go down that road no more. I found a new pathway, the pathway of righteousness. He said that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You mean God going to make a clean sweep of your life? Good God Almighty. James, he ain't going to leave nothing under the rug. He want to make a clean sweep of your house. He wants your house prepared, swept, and garnished. Come on, somebody. And then cause you to put in some new furniture, and that new furniture is the Holy Ghost. But if you don't put the new furniture in that house that's been swept and garnished, guess what? The, the dirt that he swept out of your house, looked in your house and seen it was clean, but yet empty. So what he did, he went out and he found him seven other dirty folks to come back to your house and the shape that your house was in before God cleansed it, it's going to be seven times worse. So don't think you done got off from under the fact that the devil won't come back to your house. Oh, he'll come back. He'll come back with a vengeance. Huh? We also need to dis the discernment to know truth from lies in a world filled with the spirit of the Antichrist. False teaching gonna abound. Amen. And if you ain't very careful, he'll He'll have you to falsely teach your own self. Because uh, the word of God comes by the anointing. And it is the anointing that destroys all the yokes. Come on, somebody. So you have to be careful of knowledge without anointing. Come on now. Knowledge without anointing can be dangerous. 
Amen. And she right. The letter kill it, but it's the spirit that makes it alive. Amen. So you have to be careful how you view the letter. Because guess what? The devil uses the letter too. That's why they call him the Antichrist. Because he can take that word and twist it in your mind and you'll think you're all right when you're going all wrong. Amen. So we have to watch how we see things and be able to, to discern the discernment to separate the wheat from the chaff or the wheat from the tear. Amen. You got to know how to discern the right spirit versus the wrong spirit. Amen. Uh, when you in the will of God and God tells you that spirit is not of me, it might sound good. Didn't the devil make everything sound good when he was tempting Jesus Christ? It may sound good, but is it of the spirit of God? Everything that sounds good ain't good, y'all. Come on, somebody. So you have to watch about the sound. And how do you allow them to affect your thinking pattern? Because it can have you thinking all wrong. Because the Hebrew chapter 4, verse 12 said, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the divining slender of the soul and the spirit. Now, the word of God is quick and it's powerful and sharper. So that means that it makes some cuts that you don't want to be cut. Huh? It knocks some stuff out of you that you don't want knocked out. Hello, somebody. So everything that sounds good ain't good. Sometimes God has to do some hurting things to you to get you on the right track. God sometimes has to hurt your feelings to get you on the right track. Because God don't base salvation on your feelings. Come on, somebody. And he don't base it on what you think, but only by what he say. Am I in the right house? He said the dividing of the son of the soul and the spirit and the marrow, the joints of the marrow, and a designer of the thoughts and the intents. Wow, you mean that when you open up your mouth, God examines you? <laughs> Come on, somebody. When you sitting in your thoughts, you don't think that God examines you? Amen. Because the scripture said he's a designer of the thoughts. Even while we sitting here. He's a designer of the thoughts. He knows what you accept and what you don't accept. Come on, somebody. You can, you, you, you can be sitting in your chair and say, mm, in your mind, I won't believe all that. Don't matter whether you believe it or not, but you be held accountable for it because he read your mind. And you can, you can get up there and say, Lord, I didn't say that. He said, yeah, but you thought it in your heart. Come on, somebody. You think that your thoughts and your heart don't matter? You better check the book. 
Amen. Because design, he designed the thoughts and the intent of your heart. Amen. And neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You mean to tell me that we are naked before God? In other words, nothing hid? Not nothing is hid. He see it all. And you know what? We got this thing of them. If you didn't see me, I didn't do it. That's a lie. Because didn't nobody see you. God saw you. Come on, somebody. You may, and I may think we got away with it, but we didn't. It's written in the book, James. It's written in the book. And if if it and, and, and on your memoir in your book, if it don't say acquitted, you gotta pay for it. Lord have mercy. If he didn't say blot it out, you gotta pay for it. But God didn't nobody see me. I saw you. I was there when you done it. Come on, somebody. And while you were doing it, I just turned my back on you because I don't watch your singing. But I'm going to make you have an account of it, though. Amen. Because you was naked and open before his eyes. God knows some stuff about you that don't nobody else know. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, and sometimes, this is a saying that sometimes we carry we carry this old saying, I'm going to take that to the grave with me. Huh? If you don't repent from it, you're going to take it to hell with you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Elder Bean, you done already messed up. Huh? Y'all know the most secret sin we have. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm taking that, Jane. I'm taking that to the grave with me. No, nobody know that. Yeah, but guess what? You forgot about the all-seeing God. The one that sees everything. The one that knows everything. And the one that is everywhere. <laughs> God saw it all. So, James, the first thing we need to do is run to the altar. God, the most secret sins that I had, wash me from them. Come on, somebody. Amen. So we got to be careful what we think God don't see and what he don't know. He's all-knowing God. He knows the beginning from the end. Do you not know God knows that whether or not you really want to be saved? Huh? Come on, somebody. Do you not know that God knows whether you really got a heart to run after him? He knows. He knows whether or not you just want to play along the borderline of being saved and unsaved. He already knows. At any given time, you will fall back to where you came from. He already knows that. He knows what's triggering you. Come on, somebody. Keep those things in mind. Let's look at 
a willing heart. Oh, heart got to be willing. Huh? Come on now. God's desire not only that we obey him, but that we want to obey him with a willing heart. So much that he himself gives us both the will and the ability to do what he asked us to do. If your heart is willing, he'll give you the ability to do it. Amen. There was no way that we thought the pastor and neither myself would have thought that we would be in the position and the condition that we are in right today. Because when God wanted us to start a church, the first thing jumped out. Wow. But he gave us the ability to do his will. And because that the pastor pursued the will of God is the reason we are where we are today. Because he knew the heart and he gave him the will to do the work. Saints nowadays, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. God give us the work, then we want God to do the work. Huh? Come on now. He give us the work to do, and we sit down and say, Lord, will you do it for me? <laughs> Amen. That's the kind of saints that is... Growing in the generation that we're in now. We want God to do it all. We don't want to do nothing. We want God to do it all. Huh? For an illustration. Some of us will lay in the bed and tell God. Lord. Make me get up out of this bed and go to church. <laughs> You ain't gonna do it. You gotta have a heart to go to church. Huh? If you ain't got a heart to go to church, you ain't going to church. You'll come up with a thousand different excuses because your heart was not willing. Amen. Obedience is important to God. Because it reveals that our heart has been changed by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Our obedience unto God is the fruit of our regenerated soul. Obedience, it has been said in the word of God, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. In other words, we are willing to make some sacrificial offering. But we ain't willing to be obedient to the word of God. Amen. Some folks think that they five dollars is going to get them in heaven. But it ain't going to get you there. It's going to be your obedience to the word of God. Amen. God doesn't want us to obey reluctantly or unwillingly. 
even though he knows at times we will not understand his command or understand his word. But in, a lot of times he don't tell you you ain't got to understand, just do. Understanding to come. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot of things that God can say, even from, from me to the pastor, we bounce it off. There's a whole lot of things God can say that we didn't get the full understanding. But we had to walk with God in order to get the understanding. And that's what you got to do. You got to walk with God to get the divine understanding because sometimes it don't come to your natural mind. Amen. You think one way and God is talking another way. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. We think that God needs your dime. No, he really don't need your dime. That's for you. <laughs> it ain't for him. Huh? Calibre of a thousand hills of mine. All the gold and silver is mine. Amen. So the sacrifice is for you. It's not for God. You know, and, and I thought about something. Sometimes folks be so meticulous about penny pitching. What do you mean? You can run across folks that, for, for an example, and I ain't talking about nobody in here, I'm just using it for illustration. Tides is $95.98. I'll be darned if you won't put on there $95.98 and be looking for your two cent bag. Don't you just make it $96? Come on, somebody. You don't know how much them two pennies was worth for you. Huh? Jay, them two pennies could have been worth thousands in your case. But God was looking at your penny pitching hard. Come on, somebody. Ah, that didn't cost you nothing. God don't want us to be reluctant about what we do for him. This is why we need the Holy Ghost to give us a willing heart and to lead us into all truth. Our unredempted flesh will, will always rebel Against God's command. Your flesh don't want to do what God wants you to do. <laughs> Amen. Your flesh gives you every reason why not to do what God wants you to do. I'm so tired. Huh? Somebody said, I don't work all day. I do too. I just don't get paid for it. But my reward is up there. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, I got so much to do, Ro. Huh? By the time I get through cooking, feeding the dog, <laughs> it'd be time for me to go to bed. I can't make it to church tonight. I'm so tired. Go on with your lazy self. Huh? You got your reward too. Amen. Because your flesh do not want to do what God wants you to do. Amen. 
You inherited from your mama, and I don't mean your mama today. I'm not your mama Eve. She didn't want to do, she didn't do what, her flesh kept her from doing what God wanted her to do. And she passed it on down to you. Amen. So, a willing heart is only possible when we surrender our whole heart to the Lord. Leaving no hidden corners or closed out places where we're reluctant to give to God fully and give God full control. Matthew 26 verse 40 says, Jesus said unto his disciples, and he came and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation for the spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. Come on, somebody. Those things that you would do for God, your flesh is going to fight you from doing it. Your flesh is going to tell you every reason why you don't need to do it. Going to have you putting things off that God wanted you to do right now. Amen. It comes to sabotage your walk with God. It comes to sabotage your eternal life. Amen. I don't care what he said. I'm going to rest today. Don't rest. <laughs> Get your rest. Amen. Your rest is going to cost you too. Amen. A lot of things I have to do and be hurting, but I had to get it done. I can't yield to the pain. Come on now. I got to get the job done. Matthew chapter 5, verses 7 and 9 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they what? Oh, if your heart ain't pure, you ain't seeing God. If you don't get that stuff right on the inside of you, you don't, I'm putting it this way, you don't want to see him. Jane, we'll be saying, I want to go to heaven, but not right now. <laughs> you got to make sure you get that heart right before you see God. If you don't see, if you don't get it right, you shall not see him until it's time for the wrath. Ninth verse says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of, oh, you hell raising, you talking about you a child of God? Huh? You, 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 you causing strife and. Division and yet still you said you belong to God? What happened to your peacemaker? Uh, what happened to you being that example that God is looking for? Where is it? <coughs> Psalm 15 verses 1 through 2 says, The Lord 
who shall abide in thy tabernacle? That was a question there. Lord, who's going to abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Wait a minute. You a hell raising trying to go to the holy hills of God? But he answered the question. He that walketh upright, and he that worketh righteousness, and he that speaketh the truth in his heart. You got to make a difference. Come on, somebody. Your past life cannot interfere with your future life by your present actions. Oh, I said something then. Huh? Your past life cannot interfere with your future life by your present actions. My Lord. Ah, if you work in righteousness, if you work in upright, huh, you can't be taking the word of God and kneeling folks with it. You know, we're good at that, don't we? We good at taking the word of we, we 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 church folk good at taking the word of God and kneeling folks with it. Huh? You supposed to be helping somebody with the word of God, not sticking somebody for your own gratification of being somebody in God. You know, because sometimes we like to look like we somebody in God, so those that are not, we'll needle them. Huh? Some of y'all think y'all Zorro when you get the word of God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Slice them in the death, girl. Instead of helping somebody. Uh, being, you know what? Being led by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost don't need folks. Huh? The Holy Ghost don't drag folks in the mud. But the Holy Ghost gives you an anointed word of help that will cause somebody hearing to open up and their hearts to receive it. That's how the Holy Ghost works. So them other spirits that be working in you, I don't know where they came from. Amen. But to just to make you all right and everybody else wrong. It's a sad saint that can't admit, Pastor, I was wrong. But you know what we'd rather do? Offer to the Lord, 
gold and silver and bread. So you even what you bring to God, it's got to be of a willing heart. Don't bring no offering to God and be grudgingly because you got to bring it. What are you saying, preacher? Boy, I sure could have done something else with that. I could have, I could have paid my, I could have paid one of my bills with that money. Hmm. Man, I, I can't tie it this week. I got something else I got to do. I got to go out of town. I got to. <laughs> was, 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 that, was that right, Pastor? I, I got to go on. I got a trip coming up. Mm. So you wasn't willing to give God what you were supposed to. We think nothing about our giving to the Lord. We will say, I give it if I got it. No, what you really meant, I give it, I, I give that which I ain't here. Because nine out of ten, you got it. Come on, somebody. You got it when you received it. All you had to do was move it away from the rest of it. And going to do what you got to do. But look here. This is the Lord's. And that's where it's going to stay. Till I get to the house of God. Amen. Ah, uh, but I got a Florida trip coming up. <laughs> got to save all the money. That's a long way. I got to save all the money I can get. So the Lord going to have to excuse me on this one. <laughs> Unexcusable, sister. Unexcusable, brother. Amen. God don't need nothing from you. Huh? It was to try your heart. God want to know what's in your heart. And you know what? Sometimes in our heart, money will divide us from God. Come on, somebody. Because we are willing to... We are willing to give up anything but the money. And guess what? And go and spend it foolishly. Amen. So God uses it to try your heart. See what's in your heart. So he can reveal it to you what's in your heart. So he can reveal the God that's in your heart. Come on, somebody. Uh, you you don't wanna you don't wanna confess it and admit to it, but God make your actions show where your heart is. Yeah. First Peter verses three and fifteen says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your heart." Nobody wants to be sanctified no more, huh? We are. Of people are just satisfied with being Christian. Huh? But nobody wants to be sanctified. Sanctification is the order of God. Amen. Even Jesus said, Lord, sanctify them in thy word. For thy word is true. <laughs> 
I sanctify myself that they can be sanctified. Amen. So we got to sanctify the Lord God in our heart. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asked it you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And this fear is reverencing and respect of God. This ain't the shaky fear. This is the reverence fear. Huh? This is respect for God. Do you not know that folks that lost their respect for God nowadays? They don't respect God in their house. They don't respect God in the house of God. They don't respect God in any kind of way. That's why it seems that right now the world is going like it's on the course of hell in a handbasket. Everybody don't want to give God his respect. Oh, but you're going to give it to him. You're going to give it to him now. You're going to give it to him later. But he's going to get his respect. Come on, somebody. Every knee. Best thing you do is to bow now. You're going to reverence him because every tongue going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Oh, you're going to give it to him. You might not give it to him now, but there'll come a day that you're going to give it to him. Psalms 119 says, Blessed are they that keeps his testimonies. Keeps his testimony. Because, you know, I, I, I see what God, I know why God didn't base it on our testimony. Because a lot of times we test a lie. So he put it as though to keep his testimonies. Because all his testimonies are true. Huh? His testimonies is, is not for personal gain. <laughs> his testimonies are life. And that more abundantly. So I, I, I can see why he said if you keep his testimonies. And that seek him. With the whole heart. Oh, God ain't turning down nobody that's seeking him with his whole heart. He's making room for you. Come on, somebody. If you seek him with your whole heart, you're going to find him. Amen. That, and, 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 and he said in the 11th verse, it said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin against thee. When you hide the word of God, you are mindful of yourself. We are we become mindful how we appear before God. We are mindful how we deal with one another. We become mindful of what God has said, and at some point we say, "I can't do that." Hmm. At some point, we tell the devil, get thee behind me. At some point, we tell the devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I can't go that route no more. Come on, somebody. That's why you have to separate yourself from your past. 
from the folk you used to hang out with. Come on, somebody. 